Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka MFKS Radio, on the airwaves dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Megan and Kelsey, who are ready for the best summer ever! <laughs> Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. Hey, we did it! Hi! We! Wait, what did we do, Megan? <laughs> I was just going to say, we both did our openings without any stumbles okay. <laughs> at all, without having, like, practiced and or thought about them. Or been like, fuck, and just canceled it. Yeah. Just fuck, 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 fuck. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, so, it's been a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, the last time. What's new with you? <laughs> <laughs> the last time we recorded was April 24th. Um, and, and since then, uh, some things have changed. Uh, I got, Mm -hmm. I got my second COVID shot. Mm -hmm. So I'm a week away from full superpowers. Excellent. How are your magnetism working out? You know what? Are you attracting metal? No, well, I did attract some beer cans onto my foot this morning, so maybe. (laughs) Oh my God, I almost spit all over my computer. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. No, I haven't tried to magnetize um, anything. What was really nice about getting my my uh, second shot, though, the pharmacist that did it, it was, like, probably the single best vaccine shot I've ever had in my life. Like, I didn't feel Explain. it at all. No bruising. Oh. Interesting. Like, it's usually, even when I get a flu shot or whatever, I usually get a little bit of a bruise. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was, yeah, there was no bruising. I didn't hardly feel it. Uh, it didn't even, like, it didn't bleed. Nothing. It was incredible. So, you know, this is when the conspiracy theory starts of, like, well, you fucking sheep. You didn't get a shot at all. <laughs> oh, no, I definitely did, because about three hours later, I could barely lift my arm above my head. So I was like, oh, yeah, they put something in there. <laughs> Might have just been, like, a saline solution. I have no idea. How the fuck would I know? Yeah, true. But like, there was there was <laughs> there was definitely something in that syringe, and my arm was very sore for like a day and a half. I was also incredibly tired. Like I cannot even express to you how tired I was. I don't know if that was COVID related or just like general life exhaustion yeah. things happening, or if the fact that I hadn't had any caffeine for like a week and a half. I'm not a hundred percent sure. So I had yeah. a cup of coffee, tried to get a little bit more sleep. My arm stopped hurting, and I'm a week away from being able to just, like, communicate telepathically with everybody. God. What a, what a, both a blessing and a curse that will be. Oh my god, I don't, I, I was, you know what I was thinking about? This is a terrible thing to be thinking about. I was thinking about that Mel Gibson movie, What Women Want. When I was, yes, it's on Netflix right now! Is it? <laughs> when I was, yeah. I was joking at work about having superpowers, because my kids wanted to know if I had superpowers yet, and I was like, well, No. I was like, well, actually, maybe kind of. I was like, I didn't drive to work today. And they're like, really? I'm like, no, I flew. And I'm like, really? I'm like, no! Of oh my course God. not. Uh, but, like, yeah, I was thinking about that. That, you know, if we were able to communicate telepathically, would it just be with other people who had the vaccine? Oh, interesting. Like, are the trackers just, like, obviously, if it's if there's trackers, it's just people who've had the shots. But do the, the trackers come in the first shot or the second shot? I think we're making a huge assumption here that we would be 
able to communicate telepathically with other humans? What if it's like with fucking birds? <laughs> you know, that's fair. But like sometimes you and I think of the same thing, like very close to the same time and we text each other the same thing. That's true. So but that's before that we, that's beforehand. Yeah. Or are you saying like already our species is so evolved that there's like a latent ability that just needs to be, excuse the expression, unlocked? <laughs> Maybe it's possible. It's possible that that's what it is. It's a very bizarre thing, but it's kind of fun at school to, like, poke fun at some of the weird theories that people have. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. Especially with the kids, because, like, for the most part, I think, my ki- my students anyway, like, I know some of them have missed class because they've had to go get their shots and stuff, and, you know, so they're ver- their families are very, very much... Um, pro vaccine, which I think is great, mm-hmm. and, but it's fun to kind of mess with them a little bit. So, um, one day last week, I think it was, I, I don't know, like we said before, off the air, the time, time it means less than nothing now. But I think it was last mm-hmm. week. Uh, me and one of the guys down the hall, he was gonna come and grab pencil crayons, uh, and so I texted him. Um, <laughs> it's like, when are you coming? Like, you know. Because we're just going to get into this thing. It's like, oh, about three minutes. It's okay, perfect. So I, in about three minutes, I like got up and I got my pencil crayons and markers off of the table that I keep them on. I just like walked into the door and then he walked in and I was like, oh, thanks. And just turned around and walked out. And one of the boys was like, how did you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it was really funny. That's amazing. Yeah, it was it was good. So it's fun. It's been fun to have kids in the classroom again because we were out for like a month. So long. So it's been fun to have kids and have discussions and like be able to tell jokes with them and, and stuff and joking about super yeah. COVID superpowers is one of my favorite things. Oh my god. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah, it's good. So what's new with you? <laughs> um I've never been more tired in my entire life like that's that's no fucking joke like oh man the sleep exhaustion and i realized that i i literally cannot function without sleep in one day i like cut a hunk off of my finger using a mandolin slicer okay and then also scalded my hand and legit that whole time my brain was like not functioning whatsoever <laughs> so when my sister was here helping out and I was like I, I don't know if I'm in shock or just like my brain literally can't process what happened mm-hmm. but I'm bleeding everywhere <laughs> she's like uh, uh, uh okay yeah so that's that's a challenge. So is that just like, like is is are, is this just like the the new normal for you then? I'm just gonna be tired forever? Yes and no. Like it's tough right now because oh, I had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was hoping <laughs> so for. Let's be clear about that. I had a baby. <laughs> uh, um. He has to wake up, like, two to three times a night to feed. Like, has to. So, right now, it's, like, every two and a half, three hours kind of thing. So, you don't really get a very 
good sleep even once you fall asleep because he makes so much noise and he like fusses and he I call it chuffing he like groans and moans and he wiggles and squirt like newborns make so much noise it's absurd how much noise comes from a tiny tiny package they really do and it's very unsettling if you're not expecting some of those noises yes they're so animalistic (laughs) It's, it's really upsetting sometimes um, especially when he's like attached to your boob and he's like, rah, rah, and just like screaming at you with a nipple in his mouth. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Can you not? Can you just be nice to me? <laughs> Why are you doing this? Um, but yeah, essentially as soon as he is old enough that he can like sleep longer periods, hopefully three to four months. That means that he could go like six to seven hours at night without waking up. And that will be just like a fucking godsend. Yeah. Well, because you texted me this morning and you were just like, I got eight hours of sleep. Do you want to record? And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt too. Because my husband's back at work now. And so I've been doing all the nights and all the days. And it's just like a fucking challenge. Because... As much as you want to sleep when baby sleeps, like, you still have to be a human and do things and get things done. And just having that eight hours last night was, like, amazing. But still, come today at, like, 1 p.m., I was just like, holy shit, I need a nap. And then when baby finally went to sleep at 3, I went to sleep at 3 and woke up at 6 and was like, whoa, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) (laughs) I, like, went to my bedroom because it's got really good blackout curtains like and baby was sleeping next to me and then I woke up and the baby wasn't there and I was like I assume Chris (laughs) came home and took him (laughs) oh boy I was like okay alright so that eight hours wasn't enough (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I mean obviously not having ever had a child myself um I don't know what that kind of tired is like but all of my friends who have had children have basically said the same thing yeah it's really it's really fucked up what it does to your brain like you go so much on autopilot it's bizarre especially when you're like waking up at two and the baby's crying and you're like changing him and feeding him and then you aren't using your brain at all like it just becomes this weird like muscle memory at that time Mm -hmm. I remember so apparently this is a baby podcast now I remember a friend of mine was telling me when she had I think it was her second one um I'm pretty sure it was with the second she just like they've got one of those attachments like a little bassinet attachment for the bed yeah. And so baby was just like right there and she's like it was the best thing that I've ever done in my entire life. She's like cuz I didn't even really need to wake up to nurse. I could just be kind of like half awake and yeah. then feed her and then go back to sleep. Yeah. And I was just like oh, oh okay. <laughs> cuz I have like you know and like uh, people do things differently, right? And people parent differently and they have different ideas about like what's you know, quote unquote appropriate and not and all of those sorts of things. And like this is not a place of of any kind of judgment whatsoever. But some of our mutual friends thought that what she was doing was like I don't I don't think sloppy's the word that I would use, but kind of like questionable somehow. And I was like, Well why? Like if it works and then she can get a little bit more sleep, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Yeah, I have like no 
<laughs> I have all the respect for any mother who does it anyway. Like, you do you, bro. Just like I was... A lot of people... There's so... Oh, it's so frustrating. Okay. I'm just going to round for a second here. Wow, okay? let's hear it. I love it. So, for some context... My husband has these, like, special, they're called McMaster modules that he does, which is essentially, like, professional development, and he's in, like, this, like, study group with all these people he went to med school with, and once a month, get new cases from McMaster University that they, like, study and go through as a group and talk about and, like, submit answers and stuff, and they get, like, professional, I think it's called CME credit for it, whatever. And it's so frustrating because everything around motherhood is loaded with all of this emotional language. So, for example, the previous case that they did, I was listening to them talk about this breastfeeding case in April. Because I was like, oh, this is really interesting. I'm, I'm uh, planning on breastfeeding, want to know, like, what hypothetical issues can come up and like how a physician's brain would work to solve them because obviously I'm married to a physician and the previous case in March was all about knee injuries and the difference in language of how they talked about these two cases was alarming and it just shows how people approach parenthood and it makes me fucking bonkers because the when talking about the breastfeeding issues, everyone would say, well, you know, in my experience, or I don't want to say that this is the only way, but maybe this. And they just talked about it with all this emotional language. Whereas, like, when Chris was talking about treating a knee injury, he'd be like, oh, no, that's, you know, that's an ACL. That's an MCL. You do this, you do this, you do this. It's one, two, three, four. Mm -hmm. But then suddenly with breastfeeding, it was all like, well, you know... I haven't had that happen to me personally, but from what I've heard, that's this. It's like, what the fuck? Why are we putting, like, no wonder there's so much struggle that women go through with motherhood because there's all this, like, weird loaded emotion attached to it when it's like, if you can't breastfeed, then don't. I don't fucking care. Feed your baby formula. Uh If you want to breastfeed, fucking do it. Like, Every mother is a hero. I don't care how they approach it. Is If baby is fed, baby is fed, and that is all that you can ask for. Well, and I it's think... It's so bizarre. I think it's always interesting, too, like, and again, being a person who doesn't have kids and looking at it from the outside and having friends who have had different experiences and different ideas about what to do in certain situations and cloth diapers versus disposal, like, all of those things... Right. There, there's like so many questions that come up about how to do uh-huh. the things when you are, you know, parenting a newborn, especially. Um, yeah. And then how long do you, you know, when do you start introducing solid foods and like all of this kind of stuff? Yeah. And it's really, really interesting to look at it from the outside, because like even at work where on at any given time, we have at least one person on maternity leave. For sure. Right, because there just always is. And it's always so interesting because, you know, at work someone will organize a little, like, baby shower or whatever. Um, and you'll always hear the people who have had kids giving advice to the mom-to-be, especially mm-hmm. if it's, like, a first time, a first baby. And, like, it'll there'll be four different people giving advice about the same thing, and it's four different things. Yeah. 
And like my, I, again, I can't give advice in that respect, but I'm always just like, man, do your best. And like, don't shake your baby. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, do what you need to do to get through. And if, like you say, if that means, you know, formula, then formula it is. If that means breastfeed, that's what it is. If that means cloth diapers, you, you do you. If that means disposable, do what you, like, there's nobody who can tell you the best way to do that particular thing, even if everyone's done it before. Yeah, because your baby and your body are different from everyone else's. And it's so, it's so insane that that is true because, like I said, it's not like we treat other, like, medical concerns that way. It's not like, you know, if you have high blood pressure, this is the thing Mm -hmm. we could do. Or this, or this, or this. It's usually like, no, there's one way first, and then you go down and you tackle it in a certain sense of order. Not this, like, wishy-washy, weird thing where suddenly your choices become judgmental. It's Uh fucking bizarre. It is a really weird thing, and I think it's also, like... I feel... I feel... I feel empathy for people. Competitive? Well, (laughs) yes. I mean, there's, there's that. And then there's that whole, like, mom instagram thing yes that like we could delve into very very in depth at some point in time but i think it's also it like it just it is very competitive but i also think it becomes for some people like a source of shame yes that like they're not doing they're not doing this this thing the same way that like their sister did or that their best friend did or or you know they can't use this gift that someone got them because like well we don't we've decided we don't want to and we feel bad not you know, we don't want to seem ungrateful, but this is a thing we've chosen not to, not to have in our house or whatever. Like, there's all of these things. And it's just so weird that, like, with mm-hmm. babies, people have all of these ideas and are, like, very, very, I think, freely offering advice. Oh, for in sure. In places sure, that their sure. advice doesn't belong. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's really bizarre. I think I talked about this when I was pregnant. How as soon as you like become pregnant or are sharing that with the world openly you your body doesn't belong to you anymore it like belongs to the world people aren't just concerned about you they're concerned about baby and I think we talked about this frustration of how I was like feeling very infantilized how everyone was like no don't do this don't do this be careful be careful be careful it's like what the fuck like I can walk on my own I'm Uh still an adult woman and once, like, baby is here, suddenly you're, not only is your body not your property anymore, everyone thinks that your baby belongs also to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they feel, like, this weird sense of ownership over it and yeah. have, like, very bizarre sense of attachment to it and a need to mother and a need to father it from afar and it's just like I don't understand why strangers feel that way I don't know if it's like a very like I don't know if it's related to evolutionary biology where it's just like you know it takes a village so everyone has this baby needs to take care of mentality you know but yeah it's really i took baby to chris's office the other day to show him off and like i shit you not women sprinted over Uh (laughs) 
And they were like, oh, I hate COVID. Like, it can't hold your baby. And I was like, I wasn't going to let you fucking hold my baby. I don't know what your name is. I don't know who you are. Why would you just be able to hold my baby just because he exists? Like, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's always a weird thing, too. Like, you know, if it's, like, a, a friend of mine... That's very different from, Different like, story, yes. Even just, like, even if it's, like, someone from work who, like, I know, but, like, we're not good friends, I'm not gonna presume that when they bring their child in, I get to hold the baby. I would love to hold the baby, but I'm not gonna, like, foist myself. You know what I mean? Like, that's not my decision to make. Mm-hmm. Right? And so... And that's... Like... Yeah, um, I think presumption is the right word there. Yeah, like, it, and it just, yeah, I... But what you said, I think you hit the nail on the head, where, like, people are for whatever reason, like, people just think that babies, because, well, we've talked about how useless babies are before, mm-hmm. um, but because babies are so useless, until, until they can start to, like, kind of express, and, like, you can kind of figure out what they're expressing, like, their discomfort or whatever, people will just hold newborns forever. Mm-hmm. Because they're, you know, they're, like, soft and malleable and whatever, but there's no, like, it doesn't feel like there's any consequences. To being able to hold someone else's baby. But, like, I feel like a lot of times that people don't take into consideration that, like, no, actually, just because a baby's here doesn't mean that you get to touch it. Especially in a pandemic. Right. And he's six weeks old. He doesn't have any fucking immune system yet. Are you shitting me? Yeah. Especially, like, people who work in a medical clinic. You're not just going to touch my baby, you nuts. Well, like, oh my God. I, so, I mean, I came to see you, um, like, what was that, three weeks ago? Four weeks ago? Three and a half? Whatever that was. It was the end no of May. It was right after, it was right after May long weekend, because we are in our school board, we had a couple extra days attached oh, yes, to the May long. Right. So it was the day after Victoria Day. And I had mm. been teaching from home for the last month, basically. And so we had talked about it, and I was like, okay, well, I would love to come and see you and bring you a baby present and, you know, meet your baby. And I had, the only people I had been around in, like, the preceding 10 days were my parents. And Mm -hmm. I, like, did that on purpose, even though, and I'd already had my first shot and whatever, but I did that on purpose because I was like, no, this is important and I would like to be able to meet this child. And it was very nice to be able to hold a baby. But if I hadn't have done all those things, I wouldn't have even come down to visit. But see, a lot of people aren't as conscientious in that way they have this like sense of entitlement and I think it's like you know everyone's been in school so they think they know how school works yeah everyone was a kid once so they think they know how to be a parent or it's like it's really bizarre or maybe not that everyone was a kid once but like almost everyone has been around like small kids yes at some point in time right whether it's a like a sibling's kid or a baby cousin that they used to look after, or they used to babysit, or, like, all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, right? And so everyone... And I think, I mean, to be fair, like, people have lots of experience with children, and that's fine. But that's not to say that, you know, you actually know what to do. And that, like, what you know about raising children or being around babies or whatever is what the parents of that baby want you to be doing. For sure. Right? Absolutely. Like, my Absolutely. favorite thing, though, with, like, newborns is to swear at them in, like, you oh. know, that, like, soft, soothing voice? Like, hey, hey, shut the fuck up. You're good. Stop that. <laughs> because they don't know. They have no idea what you're saying. They can just, like, hear that, like, soothing tone in your voice. That's one of my favorite things to do. 
Um, but you have to be careful because there comes a point where they will start to understand Repeat that. and then you're fucked. Um, but it's, it's a nice, Oh, who cares? <laughs> it's a nice little thing, you know, it's a nice little thing to be able to, to drop an F-bomb at a baby who won't stop crying and feel yeah. no, sh- no guilt about it. Well, at the, like, I guess he's six weeks now, but for like the kind of five weeks to eight week milestone stuff, they suggest like sort of mimicking their sounds now because they can start to kind of repeat you uh-huh. so what we have <laughs> interpreted that is essentially just like mocking him when he cries this like cynical tone to it that Absolutely. just always makes me fucking laugh I think that's the best way to do it because they don't know any better, right? And so you can just be like, oh, oh, is it li- is life hard being a baby? You get held and fed mm-hmm. and changed anytime you need. It's mm-hmm. so hard. And if you just use the tone, the nice, like, soothing tone, they'll never know that you're being real mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's fun. But I'm very happy that you had a baby and he's very cute. Oh, thank you. And I'm very sorry that the whole time you held him, he just pooped real hard. <laughs> he pooped so much. It was so great. <laughs> it was so that funny. That has not changed. No. no. He now, like, whenever he's eating, he's also pooping simultaneously, which is really just, like, peak human evolution. <laughs> Absolutely. He's ascended to some sort of <laughs> He's out here living that... in the year 3000 already. Yeah, exactly. As it comes in, it also goes out. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, too, like, he's little, and there's not a lot of room in there. So, you know, his body's just operating at maximum efficiency. That's what Chris said, too. He's like, he only has a, a fixed capacity of volume he can take in at any point. <laughs> yeah, no, when I held him, it was I was there for a couple hours, and yeah, he basically just shit the whole time. Just lots of farts, lots of poops. It's great. And he was just happy as a clam the whole time. Yeah, it's true. No fussing, no mussing, no crying until he got a little bit hungry. It was yeah. good. It was lovely. Yeah, he's real cute. Uh, Kelsey sends me pictures of her baby wearing cute little onesies. Um, the one was it yesterday that you sent me with all the fruit? The day before, whenever that was. Day before. That's yeah. my favorite one so far. Yeah, and all the fruits have little cute sayings on them. The orange says, squeeze the day. <laughs> yeah. The watermelon says, one in a melon. I like that one, too. <laughs> the berry, the blueberries are very good friends. Yeah. Yeah. It was... Baby clothes are so fucking cute. They really are. They are adorable. I also Did just noticed. Did I send noticed... you his cool guy shorts today? Uh, you sent me a video of him doing things. Oh, okay. I also just noticed in this picture of him in this onesie that the sleeves are rolled up so much because he's got little tiny arms. T-Rex arms. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah, he does. It's frustrating because he's in between, like, a zero to three month size thing. So the newborn stuff, he's too long for, but the three month stuff, he's way too short for. Uh. <laughs> so it's like... It's a constant battle of loose fabric, essentially. <laughs> Which all the books say, make sure their clothes aren't loose-fitting. And it's like, okay, what am I doing? Fucking tailoring these things each week? Get a fucking grip. 
Well, if you don't, if you don't have your baby in form-fitting gear, you have done it wrong. So. <laughs> well, I guess I'm a bad parent then, Megan. <laughs> oh, boy. And on that note, um, I don't know. I, think <laughs> I have nothing to talk about, though. <laughs> I have nothing. I read... I think I was talking to you about a book when you were here. I've read a whole 75 more pages in fucking four weeks. Like, there's nothing going on with me other than a baby. Um, I read, I'm almost finished, a book called, I think it's The Accountability Project. Oh, Maybe. yes. I saw you had a picture of it. Yeah, it's really Insta. interesting. So, it's set, um... It's fiction? It's fiction, yeah. And so this okay. old man, uh, I'm, I'm like 90% sure it's set in England. This week has been a week. I, I think it's set in England. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, no, it definitely is. Anyway, so this late, this old man, he leaves, he's like, I don't know, in his late 70s. He's an artist. And he leaves this notebook in this cafe that he goes to uh, with a little bit of a life story. And he leaves it there in hopes that someone will pick it up and like write in it and pass it on. Uh, and then the lady who owns the cafe, she picks it up and writes in it and passes it on and whatever and so it's essentially it's brought these like six people together the old man and the lady who owns the cafe and this like australian um tourist i don't know what he's doing with his life i can't remember what his actual job was but he's like off traveling the world and he had been in thailand and now he's in in london and and whatnot and then like these three other people and it's like brought their lives together uh, and this is like really motley crew of friends, and it's really nice. It's just like a really nice, I don't know, like almost gentle read. The stakes oh. are the stakes are pretty low. Like it's not a it's not a difficult book, but like it's just nice and gentle and like a really nice story that doesn't have really high conflicts, which is nice. Nothing like too intense, you know. There's no too challenging for your brain in these challenging times. But not even that. Just nothing overly dramatic, even. But it's just this, yeah, like, lovely okay. story of these six people who normally would never have been able, have been, like, brought together, who are now brought together because of this notebook. Interesting. Uh, and it's it's quite lovely. It's quite a nice, I would, I would strongly recommend. It's quite a nice little okay. book. And I also read a book called The Midnight Library last weekend, the weekend before, I don't know. Anyway, and it's this lady, and she tries to kill herself. And oh god. In the middle before she dies, she goes to this library. It's in whatever, in the like liminal space between the living and the dead. And she um gets to read like pick these books off the shelf and it's all all of the books that are on the shelf are like iterations of her life where things have turned out differently, not necessarily that like she had done something differently in the past, but just like things have turned out differently than the life she was living. And so oh. she gets to go visit them and then she can feel herself like slipping out of them. But she just like shows up in these different lives as her, the woman who's like in purgatory. And she just slides into this life that this other version of herself has been living. Oh. And so she doesn't really know what's going on because she's of course new to this world, but she, yeah. everyone's like, what is wrong with you? Like, why don't you remember this conversation we had five minutes ago? Cause she just kind of shows up at any point. Um, it sounds it, like Quantum Leap. Kind of a little bit. It <laughs> sort of made me think of the bookcase at the in behind the bookshelves at the end of Interstellar, where like yes, every yes, moment yes. of that life is recorded. It's kind of the same thing. It was a really, really good read too. I really enjoyed it. 
Interesting. That sounds a little bit more challenging than the first book, just like mentally, though. A little bit, except that like, and while she's going through all of this, she meets other people in a couple of these lifetimes who are like in the same thing, except they're not in a library. Like they're placed. The one guy, I think he's in, he always ends up in a coffee shop, like when he's in this purgatory. He's and so he ends up, whatever he Is does. Is that reflective of their like personalities? In a yeah, way? kind of. Okay. But it was, it was really, it's really, really neat. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought that was like a nice, a nice summer read. And I was like, oh, I wish I'd have saved this for like later in the summer. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I read it in my parents' backyard one afternoon and that was very nice too. Close enough to summer. Pretty much. Yeah, it was good. Those are like the two that I have taken a look at over the last little while. Everything else, my brain is just mush all the time. So Uh I, uh, I understand that feeling. Yeah, so, like, I've been watching Uhtred doing things for a while, like, one episode a night for a long time, because uh, it's something that I don't need to pay a lot of attention to, but I'm still entertained by. I found that I had to stop the rewatch of the pre- the last season, because I got so fucking mad at how fucking stupid Edward is, that I was just like, this isn't enjoyable to me <laughs> So And then I had a baby that looks exactly like fucking Father Bayoka. And I was like, I need a break from this. <laughs> you do have a baby that looks like Bayoka. Uh, do you know what's funny? Oh my I, god, that's the episode image. Okay, I'm editing a photo right Okay, now. perfect. I just side side. had a thought of about Edward in The Last Kingdom of what he reminds me of. And it's something that I said to you before we started recording. When I came, went down to Calgary... Um, to see Kelsey, and then also I stopped and see another friend of mine who had a baby at the end of March, so I got to see two babies on one day. It was very exciting. Um, I drove down, left home at like 7.30 in the morning, and I like left Calgary at like 4 in the afternoon, so it was like a, it was a quick trip. Um, and on the way home, the thing that I noticed is that uh, dudes who drive pickup trucks really, truly do not like when you pass them on the highway. They get very upset. And, like, then they'll get passive-aggressive and they'll, like, get right in front of you and slow down a little bit. And then you're like, why? I'm just going to do this to you again. Um, And Edward... I don't understand that at all. Edward reminds me of those men in the pickup trucks. Yes, I'm going to agree with that. Where he, like, you know, if it's his idea, it's just fine. But, like, mm-hmm. if somebody else is like, this is what we're going to do, he's like, well, I'm not going to do it then because I don't think it wasn't my idea. So I don't think it's a good idea. And all of the advisors are like, uh, buddy, yeah, it's a great idea. You need to do the thing. Well, except for that fucking aired helm well, piece yes. of shit. But it's also not even, like, it's also the mentality of no one's allowed to make decisions without my input. So did I get your permission to go in front of me? No, I didn't. So yeah. I'm going to go in front of you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that's that's what Edward reminds me of. So, yeah, I've been watching, like, an episode of that, um, <laughs> like, one a night, just because it's something to do. And I just want the school year to be over. That's all I want. Understandable. It's been a tough one. It has been a tough one. Um, one of my children last week said, Hey, did you know we only have 10 days in class left? And I was like, child, if you do not think that I have been counting down since at least 50 days, you are insane. 
<laughs> and they got very upset. 50 is such a big number, too. Well, and it's funny because we started it um, a couple years ago because we just, like, took the, la- like, 50... We started with 50, and we put pictures of Edmonton Oilers who held, like, who wore each number. So from 50 (laughs) down to one with, like, a fake quote. So, like, and the reason we went up to 50, I think, is because we really wanted to include Zach Stortini, and he was number 46. (laughs) Just for reasons. And so we did it. And, like, so we have this, like, stupid countdown calendar in our workroom. And then now this year, uh, we have, the best one was the Zach Stortini one, because what we did is we took... We made up a phrase and then we translated it into Welsh and then we just went back and forth from like Welsh to a bunch of other languages. Um, and then it turned out into like just ca- retranslating it, yeah. And it turned basically into caveman speak. It's amazing. And when I, uh, it's so funny. Uh, and the picture that we have of him is like, yeah, that is a caveman who plays hockey. Excellent. Um, we also. Like, there's a bad, bad joke in there about Craig McTavish, because he had, of course, oh, yeah, a yikes, real bad yikes, one. Yikes. There's a bad one about Grant Fuhr uh, and cocaine. Um, but, of course, they're just, like, in our office, right? And so no one else can see them. But this year, we have, there's four of us, and we did a little draft uh, for the Formula One season. And so we had to pick our five drivers and... Uh, we get points. The same points they get in the races, and whoever's got the most points at the end of the school year wins. There's no, like, actual prize. It was just, like, something to keep us entertained. And there are 20 F1 drivers, so we also have a 20-day countdown. Um, and a 50-day oh countdown. <laughs> and so... So many countdowns. So many, countdowns. many countdowns. Yeah, but it's, it's good. It's funny. But it just... These children were very upset somehow. And, like, I teach high school. Let's not forget. Um, they were upset that, like, I was also counting down until the end of the year. And I was like, yeah, guys, I'm a human being. <laughs> Like, I need this to be done because it's been a hard stuff. I'm I'm over this. I'm absolutely oh, over children. this. And I then, love how they take that so fucking personally. And then a couple of weeks ago, one of the newer teachers who's, like, not on a permanent contract, so he's still trying um, really hard. <laughs> the rest of us are like, we don't care anymore. Uh, he brought in popsicles. Oh, you sweet summer child. Yeah, alert. Uh, we brought in popsicles. Uh, he brought in popsicles for his class. And he came in and he's like, do you want one? I was like, yeah, sure. So I took one and one of one of the boys, same class, says to me, oh, you should bring us, you should bring us popsicles. And I was like, I have been teaching for 15 years. I do not need to buy your affection. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the kids, he just said, you know what I really like about you? I said, what? He's like, do you just tell it like it is? And I said, well, yeah, I'm not here to make friends. <laughs> Like, I like you guys, but we don't need to be friends. I'm just going to do my job, and I'm going to go home at the end of the day. And they're like, oh, okay. And then today, they were mad they wanted to watch soccer instead of writing an essay. And I was like, well, unfortunately, that's not an option. No, it's not an option, kids, but nice try. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been nice because we were out until the twenty. The government sent everyone back on the twenty fifth, but our school board we were out till the twenty seventh because we had extra two days, of like a long weekend there, and it's been so nice this last four weeks or whatever to have children in the building again. I can imagine and like have conversations about stuff, yeah. and like you know discussions and and you know even just like I'll say something and they'll actually laugh. Whereas, like, on mm-hmm. the on the, on the the screen, I have no idea if they're even awake. Like, yeah, you're like, hello. Yeah. Although I did say Anybody? to kids the first couple days, um, 
that we were back in class. There was some kids that were really struggling to stay awake. I'm like, guys, we're not at home anymore. Yeah. You actually got a, you got a child over here. And they're like, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. They were so embarrassed that they got called out for like dozing off or whatever. Um, but it's been, yeah, it's been, it's been a year. And, uh, when I came to visit you, I mentioned this off the air, uh, too. Um, I was talking to Chris before I came in the house and he was saying that he had a lot of respect for what, you know, teachers and ed- people in education were doing. And he's basically like, because our, my job's gotten busier, but it's still the same job. It's like, and your job mm-hmm. has changed. And I was like, yeah, that's about right. With an expectation of, like, job performance at the same level at all times. Yeah, totally. Where it's like, I have friends who work office jobs uh, and stuff and are still working from home. <laughs> and, like, just, some days they just call in sick and they're like, yeah, I'm not working today. And I was like, oh my god, I wish I had that luxury. Yeah, it's... I'm glad that <laughs> I have a husband who's so fucking smart. <laughs> Because not a lot of people would have said that, and it's true, and it's empathetic, and it's compassionate, and it just, thank God, Megan. Yeah, no, absolutely, 100%. (laughs) But it was, like, it was nice to hear from someone else who, like, is in a profession that's been getting a lot of, like, attention. Yeah. You know, for, like, all of the work that they're doing, and it was nice to hear coming, coming from there. Whereas, like, you hear from our government, it's like, nah, teachers are, are begging for all of these things. I'm like, yeah, I would like a break, please. Yeah, I'd totally. Like fewer kids, I'd like more resources, I'd like some stuff, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it was, that was... Whoever the- thought that, like, teachers and doctors and nurses would all be, like, united. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, hey. <laughs> In the same situation of zero contract. Like, so stupid. So dumb. Um, but yeah, so that was a nice thing. Uh, can I tell the nice thing story that happened? Yes, please do. Thank God I don't have to prompt you. Look at this. This is character development, just, Megan. Oh, uh, well, I just figured I should before you, like, got <laughs> mad at me about it. So. Okay. I was like, ugh, fine. So, um, we, as people know, I work in a school that's pretty high needs. Um, just in terms of, like, socioeconomic stuff and whatnot and we've got like you know a pretty large immigrant population and refugee population and stuff and so last week on friday uh one of our grade 10 boys who's um an ell student from syria he got his his bike got stolen i keep saying he got his bike stolen but that makes it sound like it's his fault his bike got stolen from our uh our rack out in front of the school uh and it's really interesting because nobody's really milling around the building anymore like there's no kids on spares and stuff yeah. because our classes are so long and so like and you can't come in the front doors without calling the office to have them let you in so there's just no one around and so it was clear that whoever stole the bike had tried to like get in some of the other locks and they just kind of gave up on some of them um but his was easy enough to get into because he didn't have like a u-lock or anything and so they took his bike so on the way home he got he had to take the bus home because of course his bike was stolen and he got on the bus and he saw these people who had his bike uh, and it was one of the buses that didn't have a rack on the front. And so the the bike was actually like inside the bus. And he said to the bus driver, he's like, that's my bike. And the bus driver, rightly so, couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. Because there's no, like, who knows, right? There's no proof. Anyway. Yeah. And so this kid, this, like sweet, 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 sweet little boy. He um, confronts these people who have his bike and they pulled the knife on him. Ugh. And they were like, what are you going to do about it? 
well, clearly nothing. So he didn't. He got home and he told his parents what happened and they called the police. They reported it to the police. And, you know, and the police said, like, it's good that you reported it, but, like, without the serial number and without, you know, like, it's unlikely that we're ever going to get it back. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's, I mean, that's just the reality of the situation when it comes to that sort of thing, right? Like, the the cop wasn't trying to be discouraging. He just wanted them to be clear that there's very little chance it's coming back. So I got an email from one of the assistant principals on Wednesday afternoon about one o'clock and telling this story. And there was, it was to me and a couple other people, um, our youth worker and one of the other APs, uh, cause one of the other APs, he knows, uh, the guy who manages United cycle. And so the assistant principal oh, emailed out. She's that like, that hey, was the connection. Okay. Yeah. Maybe like we can figure this out. You know, anyone have any ideas? And so I like, I put two tweets out on my Twitter machine and uh, within two hours, I had people saying, yeah, I can help out with this and this and this. So Wednesday night, my dad and I, <laughs> my dad thought we were going to Canadian Tire. And then I like directed him to a house in Terwilliger. Um, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> so my dad and I went and picked up a bike on Wednesday night. Uh, and I also got um, some money given to me uh, or promised to me from um, Jason Greger. And he just said, send me the receipt and, or, you know, show me the receipt and I'll send you the money. And so I bought a bike helmet and a lock and I bought a good lock for the kid. And then people like sent cash as well. And so we were able to give him the money back for the bike that he had bought. He had bought the bike he had bought before was a used bike. Uh, and it took him like months to save the money for it. And it was 140 bucks. And then we also had enough money that we put some in his account um, so he can pay fees and stuff next year oh, without amazing. having to worry too, too much. Um, and so that's such a good idea. So at lunch today, got, went down to the office and, and you know, he was there and he thought he was in trouble. Um, because you know, he just thought he was in trouble because why else would you get called <laughs> yeah. to the office? Uh, and his teacher, you know, came down with him and stuff cause he's got the same teacher for the morning and the afternoon. Uh, and they, and that's how we found out that his bike had been stolen because he had mentioned it to his teacher. And so we're, you know, he's there and. So the assistant principal tells him, like, what's going on and why we're here and, like, who I am and, you know, what happened. And so we gave him all this stuff. And the look on his face when we told him that he was getting a bike for free, it, like, I I almost burst into tears, Um, which I don't like to do at work because that's uncomfortable. But I was like, there was lots of emotions. And then, you know, gave him the helmet and the lock. um, And then also I gave him the cash. And I was like, well, here you go. People wanted to help out. And because I got this bike donated, instead of buying a bike, this is what we thought we'd do. And he didn't want to take the money. And I said, well, I can't keep it because it's not for me. It's for you. Mm-hmm. So, like, he took it. And then we decided to do the, the with the rest of the money and put it into his fees. And so then I got to listen in on the phone call that they made home to his dad. Um, and he, he had to translate so that because dad doesn't understand English all that well. And you could hear just, like, the the excitement in dad's voice, too. Um, Mm -hmm. it was wonderful. It was like such a nice, lovely way to end a week. Um, I, it was was really, really nice. Oh my goodness. That's, that's really touching. I love how he got to tell his dad too. Well, we decided that we should tell his dad because here's this child going to show up at home with a new bike and a helmet and a lock. Right? And just, like... Well, I mean, like, in terms of, like, we're using this money to help for next year. And, like, that... I'm sure that was such 
a nice surprise for them. Well, and the other thing too, we were talking about it at lunch upstairs in our workroom afterwards. And one of the guys that work with said, well, you know, like it's not easy for them to just like get another job or get more hours or mm-hmm. whatever, like, or go on welfare or, you know, like those things are not easy mm-hmm. if you're a refugee mm-hmm. and stuff. And so having, having that opportunity and having that sort of, you know, laid out is, was super and it was just so nice. And then this this lovely little boy, he gave me a hug. And then he's like, I don't have COVID, I promise. And I was like, oh. Yeah, because he realized it. And I was like, no, no, it's fine. It's all good. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, that's just breaking my heart. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was really, really, really lovely. And, like, I don't know this kid. I'd never met him before today. I didn't. I've never seen him before. Um, no idea about anything. And then his teacher that he has in the afternoon was going to help him uh, register his bike. Oh, yeah. And then was going to go this weekend and pick up a sticker um, that says that it's traceable to put it on as well so that he has it. And he showed him he's going to show him how to use the lock and whatnot because it's a BMX, so he can't, like, really mount the lock on it. But then he can keep it in his backpack and at home and then, you know, when he's riding or whatever and, and have all that stuff. He's just, like, so excited. Oh my goodness. See, this is why you're the fucking tits is because you didn't even know this kid. Wasn't even one of yours. You just see a need, fill a need, Megan, just like the robots movie taught us. <laughs> Are you saying I'm a robot? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this. Um, but yeah, anyways, that was the thing that happened this week, which is like a really nice way to end the week and like kind of sort of close out the school year. Yeah, totally. You know, which is like, like a pretty heartwarming note where it's like, you know what? I can, I can help people. I can make a difference, even though <laughs> there's a, you know, confusing grind to the whole thing. Yeah. It just seems like time has no meaning whatsoever. Yeah. Well, and then I, I sent that, the, the, we took a couple photos or whatever, and I sent, there's one of me and the kid, and I sent it to a friend of mine, and, because I had told him all about this stuff or whatever, and his reply to me sending that photo, I was like, yeah, the kid was so happy, whatever, and then his reply was, you look happy too. You do. And I was like, well, I guess I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that was, that was what happened today. Um, let's do some questions and stop talking about our feelings. I don't like this anymore. <laughs> because <laughs> i was i was like okay do i bring this up or do i try and move on and then have you be like wait a minute <laughs> so i was like all right let's just do it Fine. you know me too well because that's exactly what i was gonna do yeah or we i would have tried to push through to the end and then you'd be like hey wait you forgot god damn it <laughs> well i've got a hell of a question for you okay let's do it i'm ready this comes from Malcolm. Thank you very much. You're traveling in time with one athlete of your choice from any era, but your mission is to kill George Washington. Who do you bring? Okay, so I have questions. I need some clear. I need some clarification. Okay. If I'm traveling with the athlete, right? Yeah. Does the athlete have an entourage? No. Like, is it Michael Jordan and the Monstars? Because that would be the best answer, but like... (laughs) (laughs) 
No, it's just just you two. Okay, so there's there's a lot of ways I could go. I could say Dennis Rodman in like mid nineties. Dennis Rodman, just bring him and have him stand there, and I feel like he would die from fright. <laughs> like would be enough. Like just like just Dennis Rodman with like the green hair and the nose ring. I think would be enough to be like what the fuck. Um, I think. See, my concern was taking any African American <laughs> athlete back to that time at all. No, I and I know, and this is the issue. But I was also my other thought was like Simone Biles, and she could just like do do one of her routines, and right. just like stun everybody, or just like and they would all collapse. <laughs> crush his carotid with her thighs. Yes, something, <laughs> something. Um, so there's that, but I think. Ooh, you gotta kill George Washington. Yeah. Oof, I think I might have to be a baseball player. The No, the good answer, Brian, if you're listening to this, this is for you. The correct answer is Ray Lewis, because we know he knows how to kill. (laughs) But... (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Craig McTavish isn't good enough for you, Megan. (laughs) But then you gotta explain the car, like, that's a whole other thing. (laughs) Ray Lewis, it was a stabbing, like, it's a lot easier to just, like deal with i think the correct answer has to be a baseball player right like i just feel they would just be very easy for a baseball player to kill george washington like a power hitter i don't know i'll take aaron judge with me that's fine um of course you would but it's just like i think that's probably the easiest way you know i think like take the fucking gold medalist in biathlon maybe that seems smart to me. Yeah. What I love is that not for a single fucking second did you ask why we're killing George Washington. <laughs> You're like, I don't I don't fucking care no. who the target is. <laughs> Gotta kill George Washington? Okay. Can we do Thomas Jefferson while we're at it? Like, all of them, maybe? Yeah. Like, just yeah. founding Absolutely. fathers? Can we kill the fathers, the, the like, the parents of some of the later U.S. presidents so that they're never born? Like, there's a lot of things we could do here. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. They're just, yeah. You know what? We can, if we had this power, Megan, you and I would change a lot of things. Like, if the question was John A. McDonald, I have a, a good answer. Would you like to know? I would yes. just do it myself. I wouldn't even take anyone with me. I would just go back in time and I would do it myself and I would be done with it. Oh, this is like... This is dark for us. <laughs> is it though? Can you given the given the context of everything that's gone on in the last like couple weeks in this country, is it that dark? Well, again, I'm just worried that we're on a list somewhere, Megan. We absolutely <laughs> are on a list. I believe a few months ago we had a question about killing politicians for sport. Did we not? We did have one of those. It was a great question. I was really happy about that one. That was fun. Uh, at least as politicians already dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. So Malcolm. Okay, so who would you take? Well, no, you have to answer the question. Like, who would you? Well, I think like, yeah, someone in, I don't want to do the work. Of course no. I don't want to do the work. I'll take someone who can do it. And that person probably is the gold medalist in my athlete. Actually, I just, I want to, I want to. Run and ski and shoot. I want to amend my answer. I want to take Floyd Mayweather with me. And here's the reason. Pull a Django. Kind of. 
That was Malcolm's answer. Because, <laughs> like, here's the reason. I think if you take full... It doesn't have to be Floyd Mayweather. It could just be, like, any... Whatever. Any, like, top-ranked boxer or MMA fighter. And they could just, like, one-punch him and be done. And then they get arrested. And then I could go back home. However, I do like this idea of bringing an athlete whose body is so terrifying right <laughs> to that that they just die of fright and yeah like Shaq Yao Ming yeah like, yeah can you so imagine many... the tag team of those two oh god I know cuz we're not talking Lincoln Lincoln was a tall guy we're talking Washington yeah who yeah. I think didn't even have teeth so like <laughs> how great is he um, yeah. Yeah, I know I don't have any questions as to why we're killing George Washington. I'm all for it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> okay, his second question is, since UFOs are apparently a thing, what other conspiracy theory do you want to see be true? Not that you think it is true, but it could potentially be both. So, like, you think it's true or you want it to be true? Ooh, that's a great question. Um... Conspiracy theory. The, the, with the problem with my brain and the way that it's like semi-functioning right now is that I immediately went to jet fuel can't melt steel beams. That's like 100% where my brain went. And I was like, that is not the answer that I need for this question. Um, <laughs> well, if you like extrapolate that larger, it would be 9-11 was an inside job. I guess, but I don't believe that's true. So no, and I don't, I don't, I've never trafficked in that conspiracy at all. So I don't want to start, I don't want to get myself on a, on a second list. So no. Um, <laughs> second, very different list. Yeah, because the politicians that we were killing before, before George Washington, but like in the previous episode were Canadian politicians. But I feel like if I move into, like, the 9-11 was an inside job conspiracy, then that's we're on a U.S. list as well, and I don't want to be there. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. Ooh, I'm trying to... I don't know what... Cons- I don't even know what people's conspiracy theories are. Just one that I would... The, like... <sighs> sorry, I have, a, I have one that's just, like, really funny, and there's this conspiracy theory that Stevie Wonder isn't actually blind. <laughs> I love that one. Oh, that's... And I, it's just, it's so innocuous and it's, it doesn't hurt anybody, but it's just such a heel turn that it would be a delight. Also, Malcolm said the friend who he talked about the killing George Washington with an athlete thing, they suggested secretariat. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's really, really, really good. Yeah. Actually, do you know what conspiracy theory I would like to be true? I would like the COVID vaccine to give me telekinetic powers or whatever. Be be able to make me, like, communicate telepathically. I think that'd be a great conspiracy theory. Oh, I want that 5G, baby. Yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. (laughs) I want all my devices to work better. (laughs) Um, The closer they are to my body. I also think... Uh, that what would be really fun is if fluoride in the water was actually a communist plot to weaken a population. I think that would be a fun one to be true. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. I just, I think that would be a good one. Um, what else? 
I don't because know. it has like also the positive side effect of better dental hygiene. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's yeah. that's like an accident. Like all everybody, <laughs> so we have all this like these teeth. Our teeth are just like spectacular, but our bodies yeah. are like shriveled husks. <laughs> I think that would be. I think that would be. It's a lot all of fun. the processed food we're allowed to buy. Yeah, I think. I think that would be fun. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think what else. I don't know. I maybe it would be fun if like. This can maybe controversial one. I think it would be fun if Barack Obama was born in Kenya. Oh. And that whole thing was just like a big old operation to hide the secret. <laughs> you know. Trump can't be right about anything, Megan. Um, I just That's... think I just think that'd be funny if like all of this happened, and it turns out that he was right. You know, like I just I think, I think that would be I think that would be a fun one. Um, I also like the birds aren't real. That one's very funny. Oh, or like birds are government <laughs> drones. That one's good too. Um, yeah, birds should be outlawed. So yes, I agree. <laughs> Oh, what am I even talking about? Fucking fake moon landing. Like, why not? Or maybe we're just in a simulation. Maybe we just live in the Matrix. I don't know. I'm okay with that theory. You're okay with us being, like, essentially batteries for a techno overlord? If you don't know any better, does it matter? Ugh. <laughs> no, but like I just you know like if that's the reality, right? If that's the if that's the situation, does it matter? If that's what we are. True. What about like um, oh, JFK? What which like, one? Is that the FBI that the FBI did it, or that the CIA did it, or that the Russians did it? No, my favorite one is that um, LBJ did it so that he could be president. <laughs> and then he was like, no, I'm not going to do another term. Bye, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> this job sucks. And then he crotch chops and walks away. <laughs> do you know what would also be hilarious if uh, Fidel Castro was Justin Trudeau's father? That'd be a good one. <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot about that. I was talking about. Oh um, my I was god! About... Jason Kenny would fucking nut. He would <laughs> nut forever and ever and ever. Oh my god! If you if that happened to him, would he die? Ask your husband. <sighs> like would that would that energy expenditure just kill him? Because if that's the case, let's prove this thing. Okay, I'm gonna call him up here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think so. I was talking in my grade eleven social class the other day about. Uh, uh, why? How Cuba has managed, for the most part, to avoid like international entanglements. They've been like very much like unilateral. Um, except their, with the U.S. In their form. <laughs> well, no. Except I mean they. <laughs> I mean the U.S. put an embargo on stuff. Sure, but Cuba's like, yeah, Americans, you're not allowed in this country. Um, so the, for all of those reasons, anyway, we were talking about it, and I had a picture, of course, of young Fidel Castro up on my slideshow, and one of my students, he was like, okay. Hang on. So then he sent me a picture of Justin Trudeau. And he's like, you need to put it up on the slide. And I was like, oh, fine. So I did. He's like, you cannot tell me that they are not father and son. And I was like, well, I can and I'm going to, but okay. (laughs) Was this something that he just, like, realized in class? Or had he heard it before? He'd heard it before. 
Oh, okay. So I was like, if this is a spontaneous realization, that's fucking nuts. And that kid needs to be studied. (laughs) No, he's the same one who was... Because he's he's got some fucking next level powers. No, he's the same one who was offended that I was counting down. So it's like, yeah, a little bit of, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B for this one. Um, But yeah, so it's, uh, it was just really funny. And so we put up and then we had a little discussion in our, um, in class about that, about whether or not it was maybe potentially possible and the one kid's like well they kind of sort of look alike but also not really and i was like yeah i'm not honestly you could say that about any <laughs> any man well I, it's true <laughs> and i and i did say to them i was like so if we find a picture of fidel without his beard it makes it mm-hmm. a lot harder to see the resemblance yeah um and anyway and so <laughs> it was just really funny um, we also, before we get on to another question, I, I have a little tiny miniature rant about something from school. We were talking, one of my kids was like, uh, is it true that in the new social studies curriculum, people have to learn about Charlemagne? And I was like, oh boy, do they. <laughs> so we pulled up the social studies curriculum <laughs> document, uh, at, at the grade two level, cause that's where Charlemagne appears in the, the social studies curriculum, uh, the new one. And we talked a little bit about it. And I was like, what do we know about Charlemagne? And one kid was like, like the rapper? And I was like, no, like the Holy Roman Emperor. Oh my god. Grade two. Oh my god. Anyway, the best, the best part of the grade two social studies curriculum. They have to learn about all of those things. They learn a little bit about the Silk Road and stuff, which is a thing we teach in grade 10, by the by. The best thing they have to learn in grade two social studies is about the doomsday book and like the first census alfred the great is mentioned in there and i was like oh i have like a tv series i could show my grade two kids perfect Uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah super appropriate just like the curriculum yeah exactly like who can get mad anyway they have to learn about the historical figure known as robin hood God, I hate this fucking government. <laughs> I would like to point out that that was like almost three seconds of complete silence. <laughs> yeah. So, And the worst part is, is that I remember reading this and it still just took my breath away. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about that and one of my students uh, pointed out very astutely, but didn't Robin Hood steal from the rich? And then redistribute the wealth. And I was like, <laughs> yep. And then one of the girls was like, so he was like a, a fairy tale socialist. And I was like, yep. And they're like, does the government know that? And I'm like, nope. Anyway, also the Magna Carta is in uh, grade two. Grade which two. I suppose makes sense because you could just watch Robin Hood and learn all about the, fo- you know, the historical figure. And then King John. <laughs> And be like, yeah, Magna Carta. Like, anyway, sorry. <laughs> Very much a sidetrack, but it was just had to get it out there. Uh, oh, yeah, I think this all came out. At, was it after we stopped recording? I, I don't know. Time means nothing. Yeah, time means nothing. Anyway, it's, yeah, it's my, a good show. My, my children were like, what? And I said, and they were like, what's the high school curriculum going to look like? And it's like, that is the thing that I have questions about. I do not know. Because mm-hmm. if this is in grade two. <laughs> Well, what can we expect? Okay, what do you got? What else do you got? I got two FMKs for you. Okay, let's hear it. So, my dear, dear friend Larissa, 
who I love and adore on so many, so many levels. She had the audacity to name these characters and these actors thusly. Uh-oh. The chick that, the, that plays the queen, the chick that plays Thatcher, and the chick that plays Margaret. How dare you. Okay. So. Okay. <laughs> At what? So here's the question, though. Are we talk? Are we talking about them as actors? Well, she says the chick that plays, not okay. You know, okay. The so queen, the, not the that correct Margaret. answer is you. Of ma- course, you fucking married Gillian Anderson and just like ignore everybody else. Like that is the hundred percent correct answer. I don't know if I could be married to Gillian. You though. don't she have. Seems like a lot. You don't have to murder anybody. You just ignore them. Well, that's not the spirit of the question, Megan. We have triple murdered people before, so I feel like we can do whatever we want. Triple live the women. Okay, loving it. Yes, all women. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but yeah, so no, you definitely fucked Julian Anderson. There's no question. Okay, second one. But here's my, but this is the other question. Are we talking about season four of The Crown, or are we talking about earlier? Because, obviously, um... Helena Bottom Carter. Hello. Vanessa Kirby? Oh, I see the Do you know what I mean? cast. Well, there's no Thatcher in that. Right. So we're talking season four then. Yeah, we're just talking season okay. four. Uh, I think then you fuck Gillian Anderson and you probably marry uh, Olivia Coleman. And I'm sorry, Helena Bottom Carter, but you're just too weird. Oh, sort of I adore the... her. Oh, I, I think, think she's great. Be funny. I think she's great too, but I think it would be exhausting after a while. A little too much. Okay. That's understandable. I'll agree with you. Um, and the second one, FMK, Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, and Zach Efron. But the best part is, is that auto-corrected to Zach Edwin, <laughs> which makes him less hot. <laughs> it does. Uh, you killed Jonah Hill. Of course. And, well, f- well, I think, well, we have said before, if you get a chance to fuck Brad Pitt, you fuck Brad Pitt. You take any Brad Pitt you can get. I think you do. I don't think he's the Marian kind, you know? Yeah. I don't really feel it. I feel like Zac Efron now has, like, mellowed out into more of, like, the person that he wants to be. Yeah, I think so, too. Right? Like, just, and you can tell by just the way, like, you know, just the way that his appearance and how it's changed and how he's just kind of, like, I don't want to say- Just living in Australia now? (laughs) Well, I don't want to say let himself go, because that's not fair, but, like, he's just- No. He's he's at a, he's, I think, is, like, you know, self-image is is healthier and all of those sorts of things. So I think you marry Zac Efron. Yeah. And then you definitely fuck Brad Pitt. For sure you do. You take it for a ride. Yeah, absolutely. And so then the question, of course, becomes what iteration of Brad Pitt? I saw a thing on Instagram today that says it legitimately does not matter. It goes from 1988 through to 2019, and it just gets better. Like, it's unbelievable. We've said it from the start. You take any Brad Pitt, you can get. It's true. You don't get to choose. No. <laughs> you don't get to choose. If you have. If <laughs> it's you... a roulette wheel. Yeah, it, exactly. And none of you the take options. You are given. And none of the options are bad. No. Like, not a single one of them. Which is just disgusting. Okay. <laughs> if you think about it. Anyway. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, boy. Do you have more questions? No, that's it for me. Um. Okay, so I have a couple. I got one. This is a one for, that just sort of showed up on, um, on Twitter, 
And it was about Pixar movies. And you don't have to justify okay. your choices because there's no judgment. What are your five favorite Pixar movies? Oh, God, I need a list of Pixar movies. Hold on. Okay, so my list, which people thought was very controversial because it didn't, in, it didn't include a Toy Story and people didn't like that. Um, Mine wouldn't. See, that's because that's why we're friends. Um, mm-hmm. My list in order, top five, is Wally, Inside Out, Soul, Finding Nemo, and Monsters, Inc. And at my 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 sort of addendum to that was up is not on the list because the entire movie does not pack the emotional punch of the first 10 minutes. Yes. True. It's so those first 10 minutes are like transcendent and you can't deny that. But like Wally has a 45 or 50 minute silent opening sequence, which is just like the greatest movie I've ever seen in my entire life. It's so, so good. Mm -hmm. And so, but people were very upset that I got more replies on that tweet than I get on like actual serious tweets about serious things. And people are very upset that Toy, Toy Story was not one of them. I was like, no, Toy Story is a good movie. So is two is not as good. Three is very good. But they're never on the list of Pixar movies that I want to rewatch. Yeah, like if totally. I'm going to sit down and watch one, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll watch this. One that I would put close to that top five is Brave. Mm-hmm. I also really like Moana. Mm-hmm. I also really like Tangled. I really like uh, The Incredibles. I've only ever seen it one time. I'll tell you why I've only seen it one time later. But, like, I've only seen it once. I remember liking it, but, like, I just never got the impetus to watch it again. Hmm. Yeah, my list would be... These, these aren't in any particular order, but... Finding Nemo, The Incredibles... Um, I really like Brave... Probably A Bug's Life and hmm. yeah, maybe Monsters, Inc. I love I think people get angry about Toy Story because it's just that underlying adoration for Tom Hanks. Maybe, maybe. I remember. I think people just like need that in their lives. Because he's just so fucking good. Yeah. I remember reading something about Toy Story 3. And I remember thinking the very same thing when I watched it. Toy Story 3 was the one that got me. When Andy, like, goes off to go to college. Mm -hmm. And moves out of the house. And leaves the toys behind. Mm -hmm. That was, like, that was a a heart-wrenching thing for me to watch. The other ones were good. Right, and I really enjoy them. I love Toy Story. It's a great story, but I was just like, yeah, I said I com I replied to someone that like it's never on the list of one that I want to watch, like rewatch. If I'm gonna sit down and watch an animated movie, I'm gonna rewatch The Lion King before I rewatch Toy Story. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but it was just it was fun, and there was lots of people who had you know lots of different options, lots of different choices and stuff, and it was fun to see like what people think. And apparently, Coco was very good. I haven't seen it. Um, yeah, my sister and her family really like Coco. Well, and one of the, someone said that they cried a whole bunch in it. And I was like, well, I almost cried at work yesterday when the custodian came in to like start moving stuff so they could wax the floor in my classroom and I didn't want to have to clean off my desk. So I don't think I'm in the headspace to watch that just yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Our, our, our like, night it's custodian. It's good you have such strong insight, though. Yeah. <laughs> our, 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 like, our lead night custodian, she was, she came in, too, and I was like, can you please just not do the area, like, in behind my desk? I just, I can't. And she, I was, like, almost in tears. And she's like, I got you. I'm like, thanks. You're the best. Because <laughs> I was just like, I don't have the capacity to move things and clean them up so that they don't get messed up. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, no, I should not watch a movie that's going to make me sob. Uh, This is a really interesting question that it was not from anyone. I just saw it today on Twitter. Uh, You're about to be stranded on a desert island. Like, you know what's going to happen. You don't have a choice. You have to take a chance on a book you haven't read before. Oh, fuck. What's your pick? (laughs) Oh, God. This is a procrastinator's fucking nightmare. <laughs> Are you shitting me? But it's not a just great like, question. Just like any fucking book from the fourth level of my bookshelf right now. <laughs> just any of them that I bought and put on the shelf and not read. Just fucking any of them. Oh, God. Isn't that a That's fabulous- so hard. Isn't that such a great question, though? Because, like, normally you think about it. It's like, okay, well, what are your five... You know, what five books would you want to have with you if you were? But this is like taking a chance on something you've never read. How do you know? Wouldn't it like really just fuck you up if I said like Atlas Shrugged? <laughs> I mean, sure. Just something totally, totally off brand. The Bible. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Um, see, here's. And I, like, my problem is it would have to be something like reasonably long. To keep me entertained yes. for a while. And the problem mm-hmm. is, like, I I read lots of long books. Um, and I also read, like... I was thinking, like, a good book that actually would be would be good to have would be something like Moby Dick. Like, not necessarily the great book, but, like, there's... But, you know, but I was like, but, I've already, but I've already read it. Like, you know what I mean? I've already yeah. read, like, Les Miserables. I've already read sucks. all of these things. Uh, yeah, it's not great. Um, and it couldn't be, like, a Stephen King book that I haven't read because I would never sleep. So, like, it has to be something that doesn't have a jump scare of any kind in it, right? Because... Well, I think you're just left with fucking Russian literature then, Megan. <laughs> like, it's gotta be a Dostoyevsky or a Tolstoy or... Well, I've read both of Tolstoy's two big ones, so, like, those are out. Um, I know, I was kind of thinking... But it's got thing. something to be in, like, that milieu. Oh, you know no, I mean? do you know a book I haven't read, but I have seen the miniseries, so the know the story is maybe a little bit cheating, but I would take it anyway, is Bleak House by Charles Dickens. Okay. I quite liked the miniseries. I guess, yeah. Dickens and Dick- is Dickens is suitably verbose. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're getting paid by the fucking word, dude. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and anyway, I just thought it was, like, a neat... A neat question because you don't think about it those ways it's like what's you know what are the books you would take with you and if you could only have like you know five albums what would they be but this is like because you these are things that you know that you love but this is something like do you love it yeah oh god oh it'd be hard disappointment fuck i know i know can you imagine like, imagine if you'd be like, oh, The Handmaid's Tale, I liked that TV series, and then you started reading the book, and you threw it into the ocean, because that's where it belongs. Yeah, it's um, not a good book. No, not at all. And my last question, are you ready? Yeah. It's a good one. Uh, and my fir- my immediate answer was like, well, I don't need to see this. But anyway, and you'll understand. Uh, assuming that there is no moral ambiguity about this, so like, you don't have to be like, well... 
is this okay? It's perfectly acceptable for what's being asked. Okay. Which okay. fictional couple's sex tape would you be most interested in watching? Oh no, Meg. <laughs> okay. So my first Ooh. thought, I was thinking about like, I was thinking about like Outlander. I was like, well, we just see them have sex. I don't need to see the tape. It's fine. Like it's yeah, we've forgetting. already seen it. It's yeah, that itch has been scratched literally and figuratively. Big time. Wowzers! I'm guessing for you, it's SVU related or not SVU? Is it SVU? It is SVU. No, it's not. I don't know. No, no. I'm invested, no? but not that invested. Oh no, no. Well, what's your answer? I don't. Well, I don't know. I've been thinking about this all day, and I don't have, really have an answer because <laughs> I was thinking about, like, I was thinking about. And my first thought went to Outlander. And then I thought about uh, the book Normal People and that couple. But I was like, oh, on the TV show, we saw that anyway. So, like, okay. Um, Mm -hmm. So, like, those aren't interesting. Right? Like, to me, those ones aren't interesting. Oh, fuck me. Mulder and Scully. Who am I even kidding here? That's the one. That would be fabulous. It would be... (laughs) Oh, I'm just trying to imagine... Mulder's like cinematography. <laughs> oh wow, that's a good answer. Oh, fuck. What? No, I think <laughs> Fleabag and the Priest for me. Oh shit, yes. <laughs> oh my. Because they'd both be talking to the camera yeah. the whole time. <laughs> AKA me. <laughs> that would be a good one. That would be fantastic. That's a great answer. Oh man, because yeah, it was funny. I was, the, my first re- like my first reaction was because of these like the the shows that I watch, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't need to see Jamie and Claire's sex tape because we basically see it on screen. For oh yeah, right. I don't even think it's a basic. Like we have we've yeah. seen them fuck multiple times. Yeah, like we don't we don't need to. There's nothing being left to the imagination no really there right so like and so those are like the first places that i I was like no i don't i don't need to see that but yeah oh no i like that yeah fleabag and the priest that's a good one shit that's a really good one i think that might be the right answer (laughs) because like the Mulder and scully one i think the, the problem is the issue is that at some point in time they clearly don't work anymore right like and I feel like it would be all his fault somehow. <laughs> well, <laughs> you look at real life. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway, so, so there's uh, there's some questions. <laughs> we did, we did that the thing. That was a very enjoyable question. Wow, wow, wow. It was a good question. Thanks for the question. Um, yeah. Anyway, it just... It, because uh, before that, I got sent that question, uh, I was asked, have I already asked you who the... What was the ugly... No. What was... Oh, shit. What was that? It was a question that has been asked before. Uh, what did you say? Bum, 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 bum. Um, something about... Did I already ask who the ugliest handsome man was? And I was like, yes, that was a question. I don't remember what we answered, but that was that was a question that we had been asked at one point in time. Um, oh, this is fascinating. And uh, yeah, but we uh, we yeah, we have addressed well, that I, question, have we not? I don't know, honestly. How many of these have we done? A million. One hundred and thirty-two. <laughs> this is one thirty-two. P.S. 
Okay, no. so who is the ugliest handsome man then? Oh, manzies. Probably Johnny Depp. People think he's handsome for whatever reason. I'm gonna say Adam Driver. Because I think he. Wow, I, Megan. I think he's. I very, am shocked. No, but to my very core. Rationale. I think he's very attractive. But if you were to like describe the face, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> to a sketch artist. Yes. That yes, it would not. That's not what you would get. But all put together on the bone structure, it works very well. <laughs> Just imagine me this fucking clay face picture. It's just a fucking it's Picasso sketch. sketch. <laughs> it's just a fucking like Mr. Potato head. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, I haven't laughed that hard since a very long time. Well, I feel like we, uh, I think we just ended on a high note, so, uh. Yeah, we done did it, Megan. So, we'll try maybe not to let it be seven weeks between episodes. (laughs) Who knows? We'll see what happens. Uh, we are now, um, on the schedule of an infant, so we kind of have to, like, (laughs) plan around that, which is really hard to do. Yeah, he's he's a little stubborn bastard. <laughs> but the upside is summer holidays are happening soon, and that might bring some flexibility for me. Yes. Because I won't be busy all day long. Yes. So maybe we'll be able to do some things, and maybe we could do like some movie watches. Would love to. And stuff, and have some episodes in the can, because we need those. <laughs> Sure um. do. Sometimes you take seven weeks off and you forget how this whole thing works. It's true. It's true. Um, okay, so thank you for listening to us. Uh, you can find our things on the internet. Um, mostly if you just type in Garbage Fire Podcast on anywhere except Facebook, you'll probably find us. Yeah. Uh, we have an email address that you can send things to. We have a website. It might be updated sometime. Maybe not. Who knows? Uh, there's an Instagram Oh, you just fucking wait till the pictures get posted. <laughs> my baby and Father Bayoka. Oh man. <laughs> uh, there's a Twitter too, which I mostly look after when I remember to check that there's notifications. Um, and you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, probably. I don't know. Not Google Play, but it just feels weird not to say it because that was how we spent yeah. like 120 episodes. Um, it's just got a nice cadence to yeah, it. Yeah, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. It's just like a, it flows in. Um, anyway, as always, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> we'll see you in the dumpster.